How you doing? All right. Pretty late. I don't know what time it is, but it feels it. It's nearly midnight, and we're and we're still filming this. That's how committed we are. Yeah, that had nothing to do with the fact that I ordered Domino's and it didn't come. Didn't come. No, have you is been... that because there's so much demand right now? Yeah, look, there. I've never seen anything like this. It's it's like India in the seventies. There's more people on bicycles than cars. So many Uber, yeah, Uber Eats drivers. Uber Eats drivers are raking it in. Yeah. Killing it. Uber Eats. Yeah, they'd be Shelf stackers and those bikes. Yeah. Those, to quote Isaac Butterfield, fucking cyclists. <laughs> it's the only time that I've ever been and, like, and dude, why do you hate them so much? Now I get it. And they're probably much more efficient now because there's no other cars on the road. Yeah. So yeah. they... But what, you, so your pizza real. just did not come? No, they just cancelled it. It wasn't Domino's. It was one other, like one of those wow. small chains or whatever. But yeah. So they're ra- so pizza places are raking it in so much so that they just say we don't need your business, and then they just cut off service, even though we ordered and it didn't come for an hour or something. Can you believe that? You, so you where's wh- the service? What did you eat? Did you eat? Yeah, I just got Macca's on the way. Nice. Which was disturbing, I've got to say, because. I've heard a lot of the fast food places are actually down in sales, though. Yeah. and but, So it's just pizza. Eventually, look, there's so much fear about corona yeah. that I fully got it when you just go there and then there's just some teenager that looks unsanitary at the best of times. Yeah. Just with these uh, bulky plastic gloves on going, okay, so it's $10.95, thanks. And then you just hand over money that they put in their hand and then they hand you food and you just think... Damn, I just, like, look, I, I, that, that was like five or six express buses for germs just in that interaction. So I understand yeah. why it, the sales are down. But at the same time, look. But wouldn't the same it, happen food, with the pizza? Exactly. Or everything. Everything that you eat. You just, you, I think you, you it's, gotta, just, it's time gotta, to accept it. You're going to get it. Well, yeah. Well, that's a good, uh, that's a good starting point to jump into this one. The ethics of coronavirus. Hmm. On that point, I think it's good. <laughs> Don't you think it's better if uh, fit and able-bodied young people actually just get it? If they're able to stay at home for two weeks and completely self-isolate, get it. Get it over and done with. Mm. And then there's less potential carriers for the disease in future. I'm not saying everyone should get it immediately, but what if there is some sort of in the same way there's chicken pox parties for, for young people. That's who what don't I have, was thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. For young people who don't have respiratory issues or I- immune issues, just go and get it, self-isolate for two weeks, then you're immune. Well, I thought that as well, but you can't do that. No. There's, look, Why not? at first I thought, yeah, but I'll, I'll just take one for the team. Why not? But then... I was just talking to a couple of... Me- yeah, I was talking to one medical expert that was saying that first off, we think that it permanently damages your lungs. So pretty much 70% of the oh. global population is going to have damaged lungs for the rest of their life. Oh, they, they look. There's evidence now to say that some people recover out of that, but some people don't. And on top of that, you think that you're able-bodied and fit. 
but sometimes some people just get a worse dose than others. And so there are now people in their 20s and 30s that were perfectly fine, exercise every day, dead. Yeah, now it starts to bring home. Because before died you from were always it. just thinking like, yeah, well, you know, old people had a good life anyway. Oh, fuck, it affects me. Yeah, that's... Really? I think that's what's starting to happen now. Oh, wow. So it's... it's uh, Jesus. But, you know, again, uh, not everyone dies from it. And I think it's still the 2 yeah, to 3% rate rates, or whatever is, is low. low. But, but it's, well, it, it causes some permanent damage. Apparently it causes permanent damage. And but to what? Like, like how bad is that permanent damage? Uh, it could be life shortening. It could be like getting malaria, and yeah, you've okay. definitely reduced your lifespan. The question is by how much. But there's also the other thing of they think that now some people are just Good recovering God. fully from it. But we don't know. This is the whole okay, problem so about it. It's too of, early. Like, dude, the first case was recorded. That are unknown. Yeah, yeah. The first case was recorded in December. We don't know shit about this virus yet. Mm. So it's it's a uh, it's look. I don't I don't look. I hate just thinking about this virus all the time, especially because like, dude, shit like this, I think is just like a natural cycle. And yeah. I think it is, like a pandemic is as everybody says like yeah so overdue Spanish flu. It was the last big one, wasn't it? Then we had these bullshit ones like SARS and what was the other one? Ebola. Like Ebola killed some a lot of people in Africa, but it just stayed around there. It didn't Sp- go global. Spanish flu actually killed more people than World War One and World War Two combined. I don't have the exact figures because back then there wasn't really uh, an accurate way of measuring populations. Yeah. Uh, but I'm reading a book now that said it, it most likely killed more people than World War One and World War Two combined. So what? We're talking... Fuck, what is that? Is that like 15, 20 million, something like that? Yeah, in the tens of millions, yeah. Could yeah, even, that's what's going to well, do they don't know, Because they don't know exactly how many, and then, you know, how many died from the, the flu or died from complications. Well, that's the thing that, from yeah. It, and then they, or then they couldn't, um, you know, they had they lost their job and then they died from starvation. So whether or not they died directly from the flu... The point is, like, it, it was the root cause of tens of millions of people dying. Mm. Like, a, a, a high percentage of the global population back then. Well, it's always the case. I mean, they say that the, the biggest advancement in medical history was rubbish tips. Just figuring that out. Like, the, yeah. the further that and you sewage. can remove disease away from people, yeah. less people die. Yeah. Um, and that's the same thing that would have happened in World War One and World War Two. I I don't know the exact figures, but I'm sure that a huge chunk of that, maybe even the majority, didn't actually die from bombs and getting shot. It would have been gangrene from getting shot in the leg. It would have just been unsanitary conditions. Surely yeah. a lot of that would have factored into it. That's true. So it's... I, I think that, look... Yeah, it's obviously bad. You know, on an individual scale, it's a tragedy. But when you think about it on a global scale, like, it should have happened to humanity a long time ago. Like, we've done way too much sinning. (laughs) I'm I'm surprised that it has taken that long between Spanish flu and now for something. But that's just because medical advancements have gone so far. Yeah. It is really weird thinking about that one escaping out of China. 
Mm. But it had to just, something had to develop that was airborne and is able to travel like that. Everything else, modern technology, because of, you know, the WHO and whatever, they were able to just contain things really quickly. And the Spanish flu disproportionately affected men in their 20s. It, See, was, it, it affected what, men a lot go, more. What's going on there? I don't know if there was some sort of, uh, that was the virus itself would be more, uh, would just infect men or was it more just because men were out and about and, yeah. you know, women back then probably just had to stay at home. Yeah. I don't know. But and they would have just been in really dirty things, just forcibly self-isolating. Yeah. 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 That's probably what Yeah, where are the feminists now, huh? <laughs> you you want to stay at home, don't you, when there's a pandemic? <laughs> Think about it. No, that's no, what but we're I don't know we're if it, it actually you. just affected men. But a lot of men in their 20s... Look, life expectancy back then was also, even in Western countries, it was like 50. So, for whatever reason, it still affected men in their 20s more. And not. Yeah, because they were able-bodied. That would have been the th- case. And they would have had They're probably lower-level jobs because they were younger. Yeah. So they would but have been on mass affect, construction sites. It, it also sites. didn't affect children and things as much. Well, they're not working. I'm sure a lot of those kids were working. Mm. But also the other thing is, is that I think kids' immune systems are just better than adults. I'm not sure about that. But I think also, yeah, they just they weren't working like twenty year old men were. They they were the ones doing all the heavy labor on mass yeah. in gross, unsanitary environments like coal mines and, and things. late twenties apparently. Weaker. I think that must be it. I'm getting to that point. Damn. Mm, happens first. What do you think about um, the? current situation we and what what are the sort of general ethics around it um because we're obviously making huge sacrifices to protect um well to protect everyone but to especially protect the elderly and and the vulnerable to what degree are we as just moral beings um expected to act and and in accordance to that particular code and you know how much do we give up to protect the elderly. This is a broad question, I know, but I just want to use it as a springboard into a discussion. The, the way I think about it is, look, I've got an 86-year-old grandma. If, if someone said to me, would you give up your job and whatever money you have now and to save her life? Yes. Mm. But then collectively as a society, well, clearly we are. We are also saying yes to that question as a society. But the thing is, let's assume all the elderly died out tomorrow. I suppose their wealth would get transferred onto their kids. I think if you asked a lot of the elderly, should society uh, make these huge sacrifices for you? And then just a quick caveat, I know that the virus doesn't, it affects everyone, but I'm just talking in, in this more particular context. Yeah, one, they're more exposed. And let's just, this is more of a hypothetical ethical question more than... I'm not actually practically saying this is what we should be doing. Um, If you ask them, should society make these huge sacrifices for you? I think a lot of them would say no. Mm. But the thing is... They would say we're in our 80s. 
we don't want to be the cause of this huge disruption to the world. But the thing is, if they all died out, that would be a massive disruption. That in itself would be, because there's just a huge amount of people that are no longer spending. There's a huge amount of wealth getting redistributed, which I guess might mm. in some way make the world more profitable. I don't know. But there's, but there's whole industries that are catered towards the elderly that would just yeah, like true. disappear overnight. But so you're making all of those people unemployed. Um, yeah. And like okay, for, yeah, for what gain? For what gain? So like if you just let it run its course and then you get out there because that's pretty much the two theories that are happening right now right whereas it's like herd immunity or lockdown or you have mm. like a combo of the two which is what australia's done but australia's just botched it because fucking scomo at the front of it right but like really uh, what, what we should have been running on huh what would you would you have gone into lockdown earlier if i was prime minister and i had the information available to me that scott morrison had Yes, I would have just followed Singapore's model, Taiwan's model, South Korea's model. I would have just been extremely strict about it and said that there's just a total lockdown. There's nothing you can do about it. When we've, with the measures we're currently taking, aren't we taking those measures at a similar stage in the curve that those countries did? No, or they we're taking decisions that we are actually responding to it worse than Italy did. And we are now on trajectory per capita to be worse than Italy. At the moment, we'll see if that pans out over the next two weeks. I don't know when this is going to be released, but yeah, uh, no, all Western democracies. It's the same fucking thing that I was talking to you about over and over again with these other like points about the economy, mostly usually, but right. But it's just like, dude, I'm t- Homer said it best: democracy doesn't work. All these dictatorships that uh, have just said no. South Korea is not a dictator. It pretty a much is. Well, is it? like, look. I mean, so Singapore. Singapore's technically a democracy. But the thing is, like, all of these Japanese states are a lot more... Uh, I hate using these words, but I guess, like, authoritarian than, than like, you know... Is that enforced by like the government Australia or is so. that just more their, their culture? I think it's sprang up from their culture, definitely, that they've mm. just got this inherent respect, have been training because of Confucianism to respect power. Mm. And so nobody ever questions power in in these countries, right? Like if you if you are earning, that's still different if it's culturally uh, caused than versus uh, the government forcing people to act in a certain way. Mm. Which is exactly why someone like Pakistan, for instance, because I was saying that to my friend when I was there, I was just saying, man, as if a dictatorship wouldn't be better for a third world country, because at least it could marshal the resources. And okay. kind of build the country. Like there'd be someone there at the helm, this brain that has ultimate power saying, I'm building this industry, you know, as opposed to a democracy where it's just a free for all, right? Yeah. But they were saying they tried it numerous times to have a dictatorship in Pakistan. Didn't work. Yeah. A democracy okay. kind of functioned better for that country. And it was because they don't have the same mentality that countries like Singapore and South Korea and Taiwan have, which I guess is another reason why Australia doesn't have what it has. But another reason that we don't have it is because, uh, you know, it all of these doctors. If, huh? people, if, we, if uh, the government had said three weeks ago, all right, we're going in full lockdown, people just wouldn't have. Well, they're not doing it now, Listen, are they? Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> it's a cultural. It is a cultural, it's a cultural thing. thing. It's... But the thing is that also there's again, you can see it. ACT, New Zealand Labor, Victoria Labor, 
even Queensland Labor, all of them have had better responses than the New South Wales Liberals and the Federal Liberals. In fact, Scott Morrison is so uh, inept and incompetent that all the premiers, including Liberal premiers, just voted the other day a vote of no confidence in the National Cabinet. That's where, like, all the premiers and the prime ministers meet to say, like, you know, what's going on with the economy, what's going on with healthcare, all that kind of stuff, right? They were saying that Scott Morrison is so inept that they are just saying, like, look, we're just going to do our own thing from now on. There's no national strategy here. We're just uh, the states are just going to act on their own. Okay. Okay. Um. So but, what? Like so? What's happening there is that I think it's just the same thing as always. You know, two thousand five hundred doctors wrote a letter to Scott Morrison saying you have to do something about this. Three months ago, he completely ignored it as he ignores all fucking expert advice. Uh, you know, and like then, you know, when shit started actually getting serious, then there would have just been a bunch of companies like Qantas and stuff being like, you can't lock us down. That'll kill the industry and stuff. And he'd be like, yeah, I suppose you're right. And so he would have just kept everything going. Honestly, I, I truly hope that I would have the wisdom in that posi- in that position that when 2,500 doctors are writing to me as a collective letter, the biggest experts on earth, like pandemic experts, disease experts, all uh-huh. of these people saying this is... Un- like the, the letter, you can read it, very strongly worded. This is unprecedented. We've never seen anything like this before. Yep. This is going to be the biggest disruption in modern history... And Scott Morrison's just like, no, you can still go. I want to see the Sharks next week. No, like he just didn't give a shit. So, okay, look, yeah, I, I think that the, the moral thing to do is what those Asian countries did. Lock it out. Even if you're talking about like, you know, you, you want, even if like old people are like, yeah, I don't mind dying off and stuff like that. It's just like it, it, it will crash the economy. It will completely disrupt how the economy works. Yeah. And it will shorten every, apparently, I, I don't know, because again, like I don't even start reading into the health bits of it because I'm too scared. But okay. it'll, it'll start disrupting everyone's lives, as in it'll shorten a lot of people's lives. Yep. Okay. So I don't think there's like a moral argument to just, well... Look, and see, here's the other thing, right? Like, okay, from a societal perspective, yeah. But from a natural perspective, the herd needs to be thinned. Sure. There shouldn't be 7 billion people on Earth. Well, yeah, then there's that argument as well. (laughs) But what do you think? Well, I don't know. That's why I wanted to... I just posed the question. Mm. Uh, I, I don't... I honestly don't know because... Do you at least think that there is some level of conflict there but with the early as early as possible the lockdown according to the doctors versus i don't do you think it it is just entirely um safety and health versus the economy because we're talking about when you do shut down all these industries and go into this lockdown that is massively affecting people's health mentally physically and in the long term, it will too. Yeah, but the thing is, it's just like a. There's is no it a sort of that's situation. going to happen anyway? Is it, there's that going to happen anyway? But it's also just that thing of like a pandemic. Whatever decision you make is going to be bad. Yeah, you just have to choose the less worse option, mm. and clearly the less worse option, both economically and for health, is a total lockdown. That's obviously the most, I think anyway, the most moral choice would have been that one. Hmm. Unless you're factoring in the environment, then I would have thought that like, yeah, maybe that. Because dude, I mean, this is it all. You've seen those pictures in Venice, right? 
yeah, for the, the first time in 100 back up. Yeah, I mean, that says it all, doesn't it? Sure. It's, it's very... Okay. I don't know. Nothing makes me feel more bittersweet than the fact that there is a dolphin in the... What are they called again? Canaries? Estuaries? Whatever it is. The, the things in Venice. <laughs> There's a dolphin there. There was a dolphin there. Wow. Yeah, that says a lot. It says a lot. And that, you know, hasn't been seen in, I can't remember, but like, you know, it's it's not a living memory thing. Yeah, well, that, then that's another component that you can put into the discussion as well. The um, the planet, the morality of uh, behaviours which adversely affect the planet versus it's not just us, you know, young people versus old people or the economy versus health, public health. There's that third factor as well. And now you're getting into grey area. Hmm. And look, not for me personally, I'll choose the planet every time. Like I was saying this from the very beginning of the pandemic. Honestly, if there was... What if it resulted in your death? That's what I'm saying. Is like, I truly believe this. I, I really do. That if, uh, if, if the pandemic was sweeping through and I personally got the disease... I wouldn't have this woe is me perspective of it. I'd be like, okay, I'm taking one for the team. I truly think I would. Okay. Like I, I really. What if you were in a hypothetical situation where it was, I was like, oh, that would never really exist. So there's no point asking that. What? What? Just, you know, like the health of the planet versus your life. If someone had a gun to your head, God was like, I'll kill, I'll kill you. Four. But. But then, you, then you'd have to ask, okay, to what degree am I uh, improving the conditions of the planet and things like that? Yeah, so exactly. It's not really a realistic question. Well, look at the... Okay, well, if you look at it this way, there are those three conflicting um, moral conundrums. So there's, the, there's the, the, the best situation for the planet, the best situation for public health, and the best situation for the economy. Now, we don't really... Because this is so much of so virus is is unknown. It's still there's so many unknown variables when it comes to public health. True, we don't actually know what the best situation. It, it according to pandemics in history, yes, it's it's um social isolation, lockdown, that sort of thing is going to at least flatten the curve and allow our health resources to um at least take care of everyone that gets it. Mm. There's also a huge unknown variable with the economy because you don't know what the long-term ramifications of a three-month lockdown would be versus a disruption where it's just left to go throughout the economy and how many people are going to die, how many people would really, um, like how would that adversely affect the economy? That's also a massive unknown variable. You can somewhat quantify, you could, you would be able to quantify like, all right, if we lock down for three, if we lock down for six months, I'm sure economists would be able to have some, uh, some idea of how that would affect the economy. So there's a bit more of a known variable there, but I guess the most, the most well-known variable would be, well, what is the best outcome for the environment, which would be just let it all go. Just let it go nuts. Yeah. That would definitely be the best outcome. You can't argue it any other way. And then if you're talking about preserving as much life as possible, definitely that would be the way to go. Because you're talking about if that yeah, doesn't well, happen, you know, then... like climate change is just around the corner. If not climate change, it's like the depletion of resources. 
if not the depletion of resources, it's just the fact that the oceans are acidifying. Um, there's all of these environmental catastrophes around yeah. the corner. So what? So then the thing that lessens suffering when we talk about not just human suffering to the highest degree would be just letting the virus run its course. Yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if you're going to take it would, big actually, picture, yeah, if you're it looking would. big picture. You're right, because, because, yes, if you take into account animal suffering and, and if you say that the, the planet is an entity in itself that suffers, then definitely. Oh, and I mean, look, if you there is a reason that these diseases come from like population explosion zones like Africa and China. It's because resources are so depleted and it's so overpopulated and it's so dirty in these countries that, yeah, gnarly shit starts evolving. It is, so, it is a response. Yeah, it is, a, it okay. is a response from nature just being like, can't take it anymore, need a break. Yeah. And what I am kind of hoping, I think that the silver lining of this all is is that it will redistribute the economy naturally. Now, obviously, uh, huge corporations are going to be the benefactors of this massively. But the overall... Look, things like uh, this this constant governmental subsidy to housing, that's going to have to stop. That's a big win for millennials. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like franking credits... If, if things get too lean, I mean, look, already things shut down for a week and the Reserve Bank just announced, oh, we're going to make 8% of GDP just magically exist by printing more money. That was, you know, we're not even in full lockdown yet. And they're already talking about these historically unprecedented, uh, more or less theoretical economic moves. Like we don't really know what the long-term effects are of just quantitative easing. We, the, these Inflation, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's true. But it didn't happen in America where there was just like a... It's been like 10 years or whatever. It's it's a very... It's a move that's kind of just like, let's just see what the fuck happens. Because it's like, it's it's a controlled... Quantitative easing, theoretically. I, I, I don't even know how true this is. But theoretically, it's just a more controlled version of just what Zimbabwe did, which was just printing too much money. There's yeah. There's supposed to be some measurement there to it. But... The thing is that, yeah, like all, all of these things are suggesting that there is a huge reorganization of the economy happening as we speak. And at the end of the day, maybe that's better for the long run as well. Because it's the same thing that happened. Like situation got so desperate during the Great Depression that you elected your Franklin D. Roosevelt's and in Australia you elected uh, John Lyons and... yeah. Uh, you know, your John Curtins and things like that, like good leaders come out of disasters. Like these these little leeches like your Scott Morrisons, they can't hold on if situ- if the conditions get bad. And as a result of that, you actually do get societal progress in the long run. So again, it's kind of a question of like, yeah, maybe it's better if it gets worse. And I'm not talking about in the immediate short term. Yes, that's sure. true. But like, I'm, you know... 70, 80 years from now. The reason that America is in the position that it is in today, which is still not great in comparison to the rest of the developed world, is because of the reforms that Franklin D. Roosevelt put. Nothing in America has really happened. There's been little shifts here and there 
obviously you can point to big like in department changes and stuff like that or invasions or whatever but in terms of like the actual structure of how society works hasn't really changed since franklin d roosevelt in the depression like like we're getting close to a hundred years ago yeah yeah so i suppose it's it's reductive to assume that well it's 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 silly to say that the economy can just operate structurally as it always has after this. Even no. if we were to just let the disease run its course and there was no lockdown, there would be a massive structural yeah, either way. Either way, but, yes, of the economy. But if you if you let the if you let it's, the it's, virus it's, it's not going to be like it's going to be 3 month lockdown and then oh whatever job you had before you're just going to go in and walk right in and everything's going to be the same. That's not going to happen. No. As I was saying in the previous podcast as well, there is already massive corporations are figuring out, oh, okay, we can shave off all of this excess fat that we've been wanting to get rid of off the labor of our uh, enterprise for years, right? Where you, They're already thinking of excuses for how to shave that excess fat off. So this goes, this is much bigger than just the public health concern of the virus, which is a huge concern. This is a huge, this is like, a couple of years at least of reshaping society and civilization because of this disruption. Yeah, it, I'm thinking this is a, this is well in the next depression essentially. Now, I don't know enough about economics to say that. And I don't know enough about the economic situation. True. Because, like I okay, just look I at like either. very fucking specific points of the economy at one point, but I would assume I would assume that it, look every every depression and every recession is different, and it's brought about by somewhat different conditions. There's usually a constant there. There's usually things like what's been happening here of just like a huge market control too much too much money being poured into big upper echelon things and just kind of the it kind of becomes a house of cards after a while because you're just hollowing out society so much by all this money getting sucked up to a few institutions that everything just kind of collapses and those institutions collapse in on themselves uh-huh. and you have to do things like what franklin d roosevelt did which is like breaking up banks so that they don't have these monolith this monolithical power right but uh, yeah, there's there's going to be some constants that are the same. I I don't know if economic theory has become more. Adv- I, I look economic like theory is not the right. But yeah, it could be a depression. It'll but the be, thing is, it'll, it'll, be it'll look massive, different. It'll look different. It's a massive. Well, we've used that word a lot, but it's a yes. It's a huge. It's a disruption, and it's just a. It's going to facilitate huge foundational changes in the way society and civilization operates yeah because you're you know what yes if the corporations are shaving the fat if you will already automation was a process that was happening this is actually going to speed it up if anything because now they're not going to rehire people they're just going to say oh we'll just build some robots so yeah what are they going to what's going to (laughs) happen everything might be a bit cheaper but the people will be all out of work but see, here's the whole thing. I think what people don't understand when they say that you're just going to have to, th- yes, true, on a societal scale, that's probably what's going to happen. But the other thing is that when they talk about AI, 
I don't know. I've, I've listened to too much Chomsky about it, but he's just been saying that they've been saying that AI is just around the corner since the 70s. They've been saying like, oh, in the next five years, we'll have something that can, you know, outsmart a human being. You really? Know? Like, they've been saying that all the time, but the thing is that like... It hasn't happened yet. Not even close. Not even close. Um, what does happen though is that machines... Or maybe AI is so advanced that we're not aware and they're playing dumb. And they've actually created the virus <laughs> to thin, thin us out slowly but surely. I mean, look, dude, you're laughing at that, but that is like what Alex Jones legitimately thinks, and he makes like such, as always, such convincing well, cases. There'd be no way to. Like, if he's right, there'd yeah. be no way to prove it wrong if AI is actually that. If it's yeah, if it's, it's that so smart, conscious yeah. is that smart that it's already <laughs> we're not aware of it. Yeah. May. Fuck. I mean, look, yeah, then you just get into that Elon Musk territory of always just being like, what if it's all a simulation, man? I guess, yeah, I guess. But, anyway. and there's other things, yeah, I don't know, like, my mum's always got those conspiracy theories as well of just being like, why doesn't it affect kids? Think about it. Mm. But, yeah. In more general uh, moral moral terms, but if you wanted, do you want to say anything more on that? Uh, exact. Uh, no, it was, train? no, it's just, It's, look, it's, it's that thing of like, damn, it's, it's a really yin and yang hippie concept, but it is true. It's just, sometimes there needs to be a bit of chaos. Well, we're not immune to uh, survival of the fittest. We think we are, but we're still, this is clearly an adaption from microbes to gain some power back from us. <laughs> Damn, they see us as the big banks, just us existing. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, we're, the, we're the top predator. Well, we think we are, and then nothing can touch us. And think about it. But it's, the little microbes... Yeah, what's it affecting? Is it just affecting us, us and bats? Is that it? So bats took one aware, for the yeah. team. As far as I'm aware, I think it's us and or bats. Or pangolins but, or some shit. Yeah, they don't, I don't think they even know. Okay. They f- I think that's the theory. But animals... Someone ate a bat. That's all I've seen. But I don't I don't know. But animals are fine. I'm, I'm pretty sure other animals are fine. Yeah. It w- I don't know if it came from a, someone eating a bat and that caused some mutation, but it only affects humans or it actually does affect bats as well. Mm, yeah. I don't what know even that. is a pangolin? I don't even... What's a... It's, a, it's sand true. That's oh, the way okay. that I always... How do you pronounce a pangolin? Pangolin. What is it? It looks... Like, okay. Cunt. I, I don't know. I really hated how Asians were always eating like these really exotic animals. Just being like, yeah, yeah, that's meat. Just chuck it in. Well, come on. But then again, I, I've always thought vegans do make a point. Like, why do we have all these rights for cats and dogs yet? We have we will like slaughter baby pigs. Mm. <laughs> what there's, there's, makes there's, no there's cats no, and dogs special? No, there's nothing. Whereas these Chinese are consistent. That's true. Actually, like, yeah, yeah, just eat, yeah, eat anything, them all. Anything. That's. Say it's more yeah, moral, but more it's hardcore. it's more it's a more morally consistent stance. Yeah, it's consistent. Yeah, that is a principled stance. Mm. I don't care what goes in my mouth. <laughs> Holy shit! All right, well, <laughs> <laughs> going back to just maybe some more uh, broad moral hypotheticals in the society in the situation we're currently in, but in what could be future near future 
to what degree should one look out for them themselves versus the the needs of others? No, that's a very broad question, but let, let's just say hypothetically, I don't know. Some people around you, they've all lost their job. Um, what's your moral responsibility towards them? If they're one, if they're just strangers, two, if they're your friends, three, if they're your family, like what? Well, I mean, what do we owe as just in, in hoping to be the best upstanding, moral, virtuous citizen that we can be? How do we conduct ourselves in a situation like this? If we have an excess of money, um, if we have more than we need, what do we give to others uh, and how do we how do we specify where that goes? Does it just go to anyone who's the most vulnerable? Does it go to our family, friends, loved ones first? How how do we conduct ourselves morally in in this environment? And would that have even changed in 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 last year? Would should we have acted any differently? That's the whole question, isn't it? Like, no. Yeah. We should have been doing that before, but I suppose that's usually what happens. The, the thing is, though, I don't think that this will happen in this instance. If there was a war, I think everybody would have like more of a community spirit because there'd be an external enemy. But now your enemy is pretty much your neighbour. That's the one that's going to make you sick. Jesus. You can already feel the te- when you go the shopping. Tension. There's yeah. tension. Yeah, people are re- right now. People are very. I think. Uh, are trying to be altruistic or at least putting on that face. But look, but I'll even admit aren't. it. I'll, I'll say like, I, <laughs> I want to look out for myself first and make sure I get everything I need. Well, and doesn't? then, yeah, but then I'm probably taking more than what I need. I mean, if you're really looking at what you need, you could probably just live off bread for a couple of months and give literally everything else to other people. But we're not at that point yet. I, I, I get the feeling that if we're in a in a pretty serious lockdown for another couple of months, people are going to really start being vicious at supermarkets. Then again, you can already see it. Yeah, you're right. But it's it's the same. Th- it was what I was just discussing on my self help channel recently. You can see it, especially people that are walking into Coles. As soon as I see someone who looks kind of rich with a mask on. I know they're a cunt. You can just see it in their face. You can see it in the clothes and the way they're holding themselves. That is a self-interested person. I but think. Would we, if we were in that same position, if we were rich? No, but how but, do we know we'd act differently? Because I think I can. I can say this with with conviction. Hmm. I think that if it came down to it, and I died. My perspective wouldn't be like, but I was supposed to live longer. It'd just be like, look, it's it's another little parasite off of Mother Nature's back. I, I lived, I made some pretty cool videos, <laughs> went to Canada once, that was all right, now I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> but like, dude, I, I just... Well, you I, left a, you've you've uh, left a, leg- a legacy as a big part of that, I think. Don't yeah. You? And you've, le- you've already... If you were to die tomorrow, if I were to die tomorrow, we would leave a legacy with all our content. Would you content. be cool with dying? To find cool. Okay. How, would I how think I should have some... you? Okay. If, if you died tomorrow, 
How freaked out are you by that prospect? One, it would depend on how the death occurred because I don't want to go through like, agony. Some no one does. Agony and no pain. But if I were to die tomorrow, I, I've done everything I could have done in the, in the time I've been given. I don't have any huge regrets right now. So, no, I wouldn't be like, well, I don't think I'd be like, oh, it's unfair. Obviously, I'd, I'd still be sad. I don't want to die, but... Yeah, that's because I'm missing out. On the, I know I'd be missing out on on so many good feelings, <laughs> so many positive <laughs> things. It's not. It wouldn't be an. In, I don't think it would be an entitlement thing. Then again, if death was staring me right in the face, I don't know what my thoughts would be. You don't know what your I'm thoughts saying would be, it from a bit of a comfortable position here. But I think the thing is, it's just that same thing that it's like why Buddhism is always just saying that you should just meditate on the fact that you're going to die one day for like a few minutes a day at least. Mm. Just get comfortable with that idea. Get really comfortable with that idea. And I think it is because it gives you a more egalitarian perspective. I think the people that hoard don't even think about the fact that they're going to die one day. It's the same thing as like, you know, how public speech is more of a fear than death. I think it's because those people that are scared of speaking publicly more than they're scared of dying, they haven't really thought through dying. Otherwise, maybe you'd be more scared of that. Maybe they have thought through dying and that's why they're scared of public speaking because that's the thing that they're, they're an actor to. But it's just like, I think all of these fears just reduce because... But is, is hoarding, do you think it's... Uh, do you think it's more of a, an instinctual method of self-preservation? Because you think, oh, your reptilian brain is saying re- uh, resources are, are low. Take what you can right now. But that's what I'm saying, right? Like... It was kind of like an elaboration on the previous podcast. It's just that is not, and I've done a self-help thing about it recently. It's just like a, it's a, it's a mindset of scarcity, and I think that that is like a lower evolved way of even even if you're just looking at a purely selfish way, that is a worse way of getting ahead in life. If you're just looking out for number one, everybody registers that you're just looking out for number one. It's like that chimp that made his way to the top and became the head of that chimp empire of 250 chimps, just to reiterate. Um, the way he got there was when he killed a monkey, he'd give out the prime pieces to the other chimps that he was trying to win favour off of, and that's why they put him at the top. But if you know that someone's a hoarder, what's your first instinct? I don't trust you. You're a cunt. Like, there's, there's nothing positive about it. Like, you want that person to go worse in life what as soon as you figure that out. What if that is someone you live with and you're dependent on... What if it's your father that's hoarding, you know? And that's also benefiting you, that hoarding. But it's, it's a mindset that goes with the hoarding. Yes, it might. The materialistic nature of it might. But the fact that he is hoarding, he probably has a set of behaviours. I'm just speculating here. It might be different for everyone, but, like... He probably has a, a set of behaviours that means that he's not a good dad, really. Like, there would be a lot of... Again, because, like, th- that mindset that they're bringing to hoarding, they, they bring that to themselves in the best of times, right? There's just this scarcity mindset constantly that they have. of I, just like, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I need more. Like, I, I agree with you, but I'm... Uh just to play devil's advocate, what if someone was hoarding because they have a very young family and they're just really concerned about what is going to happen? So they want to ensure they're not doing it for themselves. They just 
really want to take every possible uh, cautious step and provide, ensure that their family is provided for. for that as might long be as true. Possible. Like there might be a different motivation to it, but the mindset is still the same. The mindset is still there is scarcity here. It's not about like it's not focusing on opportunity. How do you expand? I think that's what happened. Like with both of us, it was it was apparent in the podcast that we did a few weeks ago where we were just saying that lockdown is good for us because you know like it, it forces us to concentrate it forces us to put out more content we're looking at the opportunity of lockdown we're looking at the opportunity in life hmm. just having that mindset means that there's going to be spillover of that right it means that you're going to be like thinking of ways to bring out opportunity for more people but do you think just of creating new ways to but isn't there a gray area there resources? as well like with someone who sees the opportunity that everyone's vulnerable would start committing crime and stealing and but also stealing for their maybe they're in a gang and they're not just stealing for themselves they're stealing for their tribe Is and they that see not, the opportunity in that yeah, yeah and that's is that not as them seeing opportunity yeah and 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 the thing is like it's like all of these broad concepts How would you even describe the... Uh, I'm trying to think of some metaphor for it, but it was just like... All right, let's 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 put it this way. Let's put it this way. An opportunity mindset is like a toolbox and a scarcity mindset is like a toolbox. Mm-hmm. And I think that in the scarcity mindset, you're just saying that there's no tools in there and so you're just constantly trying to steal tools to put in there. Or like, you know, like... Or, or there's just like a few tools in there of just being like, okay, hoard. That's one tool, you know? Um, someone's trying to get that fucking toilet paper. I'm just going to push them out of the way and I'm going to get the last toilet paper. That's that, Those are the tools there. Opportunity would just be like, okay, um, you know, I don't know, make more videos. Uh, oh, okay, there's no food at Coles. Oh, but there is this kind of food. Oh, okay, let's just test combining I don't know, like cloves and spaghetti together. Let's see what that tastes like. You know? Sure, but that's still yeah. implying that there's some, there's still a, a, a relative level of uh, abundance there. What if there was just nothing on the shelves at Coles? What if it gets to that point? If it gets to that point. Can you point, still have an, you know, it would yeah. just be a big test of your character then. It's a, it's a test of your character. Can like you confidently gets- say that if there was no, no food on the shelves at Coles, you wouldn't have some sort of, um, reptilian instinct to just bash someone and take their food like i can't say that with confidence i don't know because i've never been in that position i hope and i would like to think i wouldn't act like that but i don't know because i haven't been tested yeah but and now this is going to be a huge test for this could i don't think it'll get that bad but i hope not but if it were to get that bad it'll be a huge test for a lot of people who have lived very very comfortable lives that's true but like in Viktor Frankl's like As a Man Thinketh, this was a guy that was in Auschwitz and he was a psychologist. So he knew all the ins and outs of different mindsets and stuff like that. And he was noticing that, you know, the people that were going to die or like on average would die more than the people that survived. Hmm. He said, first of all, the main way that you knew that someone was going to die, they smoked all the cigarettes they had. And so they kind of just decided that they were going to die. Yeah. So there's a, there's, there's a small hoarding mentality there, but he was saying that the people that lived 
were the people that would share like the little bits of amount of fucking nutrients that they got in their soup or whatever. If they saw that someone else was having like a bad day or something like that, they'd give a bit there again because it gives off that thing of like, you're doing me a solid, I'm going to do you a solid. You're a good, trustworthy person. You're creating like allies, right? doesn't matter how scarce the resources are. You can always have like an abundance mindset as opposed to a scarcity mindset of I need all the fucking soup to myself. If there's a certain day where you're like not as fucking starving as you normally are, you know, you figure out like little ways to parcel out the mm. uh, little resources that you have. And yeah, like the more dire situation gets, the more people are going to just be like, fuck, fuck, I don't have enough, you know. They're the ones that are going to panic. But I think the people, especially in those situations that have a better chance of survival are the ones that just kind of constantly are keeping their mind on opportunity. They're thinking of like, you know, how do I make this situation better? Not like, we're all going to fucking die. I better take shit, you know. I better just like sure. ransack while I can. Okay. I think that's the that's the point that I'm getting at. It's like, yeah, we we are like, there's no chance of Australia starving. So it's just ridiculous that people are hoarding to begin with. So there's a psychology there and it's a sick psychology, I think. And I think that that's like a real reason that a lot of developed nations, you'll see this happen all the time. It's really, think about this, right? This is always like one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever heard is like Cambodia. First of all, the Americans just bombed the shit out of it during the Vietnam War because they suspected that there were supply chains there. I think it's still historically questionable if they even did have supply chains there. But they like, you know, just absolutely decimated the area, killed a million people from the bombs. Uh, just devastated farmland. That's the thing that like got Pol Pot to rise because it just created so much like destabilization of a already poor country. The Pol Pot came there. He didn't know what the fuck he was doing. It was also brutal. So he killed two million more people. Then the Vietnamese came in and they invaded. When the Vietnamese came in and invaded, Cambodia was so bad that after, uh, you know, the, the bombing of the Americans after Pol Pot had just like screwed up the irrigation and the agricultural system of, of, Cambodia even more there was another two million people after the three million that had already died that were on the verge of starvation not one country that was developed donated anything in foreign aid to Cambodia you know who did Vietnam who was their enemy who just invaded them demanded that every one of their citizens and they were starving themselves because they just came out of the Vietnam War they demanded that every citizen deliver to the Cambodians one of the six cups of rice that they are allotted a week. And dude, you wow. see you see what has happened to Vietnam ever since then. Like I've I've told you about this before, right? Like before it was it's a total war country. Like so devastated after like 30 years of total war. Mm -hmm. Where it has come from with all the trade sanctions that have been put on it since, because the Americans have never forgiven them for like, you know, globally humiliating them. They've just always had a thing about Vietnam and just like making it very difficult for them to trade and stuff. Given the circumstances, where Vietnam was then to where it is now is a miracle. I think it's because these countries are sort of, and, and you see it in the psychology and mindset of Asians, they are trained 
to think about other people first. You, you will notice in situations, Westerners will be thinking about themselves in a situation. How am I coming off? Asians are taught to think, All is the other person comfortable? It's a, it's a societal thing, right? So, so yeah, the there's Christ- obviously the, like narcissists. The Christian ethic would be to give to the needy and the poor. But like what we were saying, right? Like that shit's eroded. Like really, are these countries now, Christian anymore? Yeah. They're not. They're, they're do, you think there, do you think there was a time when that was, and yes. that's maybe what helped them rise? It wasn't just the yeah. Hmm. It's it's again like it's just like a, a a philosophical change that has happened. But it's it's the same thing over and over again. You see it like why are human beings successful because they figured out how to be altruistic. Like, dude, there was points. Where there was like a fucking ice age in the northern te- in the northern hemisphere and a like a mega drought in the southern hemisphere, mm-hmm. and there was a handful. I think they can trace everybody back to seven women. Everybody I've heard back that. to se- yeah. Well, there's one actually. There's or like one. one. Like there was, there was a point where human beings were almost wiped out. The only thing that made them survive is the fact like that little resources on Earth yeah. and like that little knowledge of how to get resources was the fact that they were able to cooperate i think that's it it's just like uh, look i hope that that's what happens as a result of this but i'm not it's not looking good looking at the fact that there's so much fucking hoarding that's going on because we're so people are so used to the comfort of being in um, a developed country yeah that and look, we don't know what's going to happen. This could, it, this it, could be, it rots the soul, doesn't it? Just being that comfortable, being that fucking rich, you just it rots you. It's like I, what I, you I said. <laughs> I've never been that rich. Well, I mean, what is that? Not all the hood. I've seen some pretty like poor looking bogans on on Facebook. Some videos of them trying to hoard. Well, yeah, they're that's all fat. True, like it, that says exactly. a lot about society, doesn't it? The poorest people are like massively obese, fat. Which we're again, not poor. No you're not poor. poor. You're not poor. If you're that fat, you're not poor. Yeah. There's no way you can be. That's true. I don't know, man. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's 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 it's, yeah. it's a. It'll be interesting to see what happens to society yeah, when like a, things is, get more desperate. It's a test of character on an individual level and a societal level. It is. It really is. And dude, you can see it happen with like already. Already you are seeing those stories of people doing that kind of stuff. Like, for instance, my girlfriend who she's doing like a... She's got like a acting coach and they were always paying together. Like, her and like her friend were always paying together to do, you know, a, a lesson a week or whatever and they'd just pay a hundred bucks or whatever. But one of them was just laid off. Hmm. And the acting coach was just saying, I don't care. It's I don't really care about the money. Like, I'm I'm just happy to teach you guys acting. Like, I like hanging around you guys, and that's that's all cool. You don't have to pay me. Now, what do you think has happened in the mindset of that guy that just got you know that just said you don't have to pay me the fifty dollars, dude? He's first of all he's just guaranteed himself business for when things go good again because like that guy's just going to continue going there and dude he's just made a customer for life because like first of all that's a bittersweet moment i'm not even that guy and i'm just like that's an act of kindness i'm going to give you the service that you've been paying for for years for free because you're doing it tough you can still come here and do that that guy for the rest of his life is going to be like that guy's a champion 
Hmm. There would be other variables there, how financially comfortable that acting coach is, you know, if he has a huge amount saved up. I don't know if it is. Versus man. if well, I don't know, also like, struggling. I'm just, I'm just saying that it's, there are the variables there. But yeah, I do agree. But like, dude, that's the thing the is like, thing. Yeah, what else are you going to be doing with your time anyway? That's the other question. But like, yeah. I remember when my grandparents came here and it was the depression and there was just no work mm-hmm. and they were just Yugoslav peasants. So they just did what they did best, which was just grow cabbages and they would go to the markets. He was saying the same thing. Back then, I remember I remember my great-grandfather talking about this. It was during the Great Depression. Everybody else was trying to sell cabbages for like, you know, a fucking, I don't know, whatever, like a, a cent or whatever. Just trying to sell a cabbage for a cent. No one was selling them. You know what my grandfather started doing? He just started saying like, just sing me a song and I'll give you a cabbage. Because everyone was starving. They'd just come up and they'd just whistle him a tune or whatever. And then he'd just be like, yeah. And then like... He, good joy and mirth would be happening as a result of like him trading a cabbage for a, a song and stuff. Mm. When conditions got better, he was the guy that they went to. Mm. He, they create, he created a strong relationship with them. So they would go past other people selling cabbages to talk to my great granddad. He built up a business that was successful as a result of that. And, you know, obviously because other generations were shit at it, didn't do well, but he did well. It was because he was bringing that mindset to the table. Okay. I think in look, obviously, like in everything in life, right? Life is random. Some people that are absolute cunts are going to be billionaires. Some people that are really nice people are never going to be. But I think, really, for your own personal psychology and and like the long trajectory of life, you are better off going for that abundance mindset of like, I have a lot to spare. I have a lot more to spare than I think I'm. I have. Hmm. Yeah. All right, well, I think we've got to wrap this one up. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, that's all right. Let's, uh, like, I didn't have a lot to say on this subject. I just wanted to ask some questions more than anything. <laughs> we'll see what happens. This one's going to be an interesting one. Interesting well, time. it's an interesting... Dude, it's, a, it's interesting the questions that you were raising about it. It's... I didn't even think about. I never even sat back and thought about the ethics of this pandemic. I, I, my yeah. brain just doesn't work like that. So it's, and I don't think most people do. Well, it's gonna be. It's they should be. They should be. Yeah. So yeah, thanks yeah. for doing that, man. No worries. <laughs> <There's> be more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Subscribe. Hey, guys.